Hey there, welcome to the Clyde Podcast. I'm so glad that you hopped on if you're a subscriber. Hey, it's Wednesday, you got your podcast. I don't know where you are or what you're doing, but I hope that this episode encourages you. If you are not a subscriber, I encourage you to subscribe and share it with your friends. This is a space where you can come and be encouraged that Jesus is alive and well. He's running into our lives and he's bringing healing and wholeness and purpose and goodness. And I just love sitting down with people and hearing how he's done that in their lives. Today, I get to hand you an interview with Jen Weaver. She is the host of Good God Talks, which is a podcast that helps connect people with God through uncommon conversations and everyday moments. So in this episode, we talk a ton about having a relationship with God, not just knowing about God, but knowing God. So check it out. Jen, it's so fun to have you on the Collide podcast. You are a podcast host yourself, so it's just fun to hang out with another host and have a conversation about Jesus. Oh, I agree. Thanks for having me, Willow. Yeah, totally. Where are you right now? Like, where are you geographically located? Dallas, Texas. Oh my gosh, we are so far apart from each other. We are, but I grew up in California, so okay. you're Pacific Northwest, so right. we have right. that in common. Yeah, totally. Well, I love it. You're the host of Good God Talks, and it's described as a podcast that helps connect people with God through uncommon conversations in everyday moments. Can you tell us more about what you mean by uncommon conversations? Yeah, so in my experience, and I'm talking personally too. I think a lot of us want to connect with God. We would like to have this regular relationship. I think we talk about that a lot in the Christian faith of we're invited into relationship with God. It's not just religion, but the actual knowing how to do that on a day-to-day basis isn't as widely talked about or understood. And it's uncommon, even though God makes it so readily available to us. And one of the ways that I have found that practice is really finding these everyday life moments as opportunities to engage with God. And because of that, there's every moment. Every moment has the potential to be a God experience, whether that's me in the grocery line or car pickup or doing the dishes or sitting down with my Bible open, that all of those can be environments where I can connect with God. Mm, I love that so much. It kind of reminds me of raising kids. I just became an empty nester. So I have two kids and I didn't. Yeah, I did it. Although your parenting doesn't stop. I'm finding, (laughs) but I didn't grow up in the church, didn't grow up with religious parents at all. And so had a radical conversion, came to know Jesus at 21. And so when I got pregnant and started having kids, I really wanted them to know the Lord and how beautiful he is and how he makes your life so awesome. But I constantly felt like, oh man, am I going to blow it? How do I do this? And my whole thing was like, hey, Jesus collides with us. Like he runs into our life and he invites us to follow him. And that following is like, he is inviting us to join him on the road, on the journey. And so my hope was with my kids that I would just 
invite them to come with me as we follow him. And so that, that whole idea of like looking for God in the sunset, talking to my kids about God when we, you know, had a flat tire or when someone hurt our feelings, all those things, like kind of that, those were like everyday moments for us in the last 20 years is like really finding God in really ordinary ways. But I think a lot of people think when they hear about other people experiencing God in ordinary moments, they think it has to be something really fantastical or feel like there's, I don't know, unicorns and gold stars falling from the sky or or they're being healed or God's talking in an audible voice. Or they think the opposite, almost like if you're finding God in everyday moments and talking to him, you might be a crazy person. So how have you come to understand this idea of, wow, I can experience God in everyday moments? So I started really from a religious standpoint. So I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Christian home. And I mean, as far as denominations go, we were all over the place. My mom was Assemblies of God. My dad grew up Nazarene. And so then we were at non-denominational and Assemblies of God and Baptist and Methodist. Like we were all over the place denominationally. Um, but my upbringing was really founded on the rule following that I understood from the Bible. So I thought God was really after my performance. I thought that I could, I could do a good job. I could be a good Christian girl and I could do things that made God happy mm-hmm. and that hopefully those things would add up enough to be who I wanted, who I wanted to be, who God wanted me to be to get me into heaven someday. And I didn't realize, even though my my receiving of salvation was genuine, I didn't realize that that gift included relationship with God for several years. And so as I started learning that I was actually invited into this relationship with God, that changed how I approached the Bible, that changed how I approached church, that even started me looking for ways to recognize how God was speaking. And there are so many ways that God speaks. Like you mentioned a few of them, including nature or an audible voice, which I still have never heard an audible voice. I'd love that someday. Um, but also in the way that he talks with us in his word, that Hebrews in Hebrews 4.12, it talks about how the word of God is living and active. So the written Bible is not only God's past recorded communication. It's his active communication. When we read the Bible, he's actively talking with us through his word. And it includes the function of the Holy Spirit. It includes how God speaks through people in our lives and how he gives peace and confirmation. And so my process of learning how to recognize him began with, okay, well, what does the Bible tell me that he's like? What does the Bible tell me that he sounds like, that his character is like? And then I got to start noticing him on display in my life in that way, even in in simple little things where I would pray for help with some area. I would pray for a test in school and I would feel like, hey, I, th- I think that was easier, even though I did my part. I feel like God also enabled me to do well. Thank you, God, for showing up in that way. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Or even in times where things were difficult, I could see God's hand there. I could see his faithfulness and his consistency. And in those just continue. I feel like we can recognize it easy in our human relationships. That if I'm growing in a friendship with somebody, mm-hmm. I begin to recognize them. I can recognize their voice in a crowd. I recognize their likes and their dislikes. If we have a disagreement, I'll be like, hey, that's 
that's not how you've been with me before. That's that's different than I know you. What's going on here? Because we're starting to get to know each other. And I get to know God in the same way. Like he's never going to do things against me, but I do things against him all the time. And I'm like, okay, this way I'm thinking about you, God, is not true of you because you don't change. You're consistent. So what's going on here? Hey, God, this is true in the way you speak to me. And I'm starting to pick up on that as I read your word. And it's that habit by spending time together. I have so many things I want to ask you about that. I want to rewind back because it's so interesting. You and I have such different experiences. You talked about growing up in a religious home and being a part of a church. And and I've heard this story because so many of my friends have a similar experience. But almost when you were talking, you were talking about how God almost became like you, performative. Like you had to perform for him. You had to do certain things, follow certain rules. And as you were talking, this is kind of a funny image, but I'm wondering what you think about it. I was picturing someone clocking in for work, almost mm-hmm. like I clock in for work. I do my job. I clock out. It's almost like God is like a boss and I just have to perform for him instead of God being like a father where I hop up in his lap, and we hang out. He comes to my games and he cheers me on. He protects me. I can talk to him about my good days and my bad days. By the way, that isn't my experience with a father, but I'm saying that is the experience that we can have with our father. It's just interesting to me how it's almost like you had this view of God being like a boss, or would you say it was like something else? Yeah, I agreed. Like a boss that I was trying to, uh, that I was trying to get to give me the thing I wanted, hopefully someday in the future. So even that, like, hopefully in our jobs, we enjoy what we're doing and we find some kind of fulfillment in it and we get regular paychecks. Most of what I gained in my religious experience was just heavy. It was, I don't understand the Bible. I know I'm supposed to read it and I'm supposed to pray and I'm doing it because that's my job but I don't really understand why, or it's not really life-giving to me, or I would sin because we all sin. And I felt like I had to keep myself away from God, that I wasn't welcomed for whatever amount of time I felt like I needed to like show penance and like, oh, forgive me, forgive me, until he'd be okay with me maybe coming close again. Even, Even walking out my faith was so heavy on me to try and figure out how to do on my own by my own strength, which is not what God invites us into at all. Like he, I can't walk out my faith. I can't even have faith without him. He grants it to me and then he enables me to walk in it. He does the transforming work. And so much of the transformation I was seeking was fake. Like it talks about the fruit of the spirit. And I had this analogy several years ago where a lot of my early experiences in faith, it was like I was trying to duct tape fruit onto my shirt. Like, oh, I can be patient. Oh, I can be kind. Oh, I can be loving. But they weren't actually like fruit being produced. If I was a, a tree producing fruit, the fruit just grows mm-hmm. because of the the thing that's in the seed of the tree. Like it's flourishing in that way. And the Holy Spirit invites us to be flourished Like it's the fruit of his spirit. And I was trying so hard to figure out how I could make it happen on my own. And I was, I was exhausted. It was not working. And I was so grateful that to then learn that I could start on a journey that was a different way. Hmm. Well, let's rewind back to when you realized you could, because you had this religious experience for you. 
Jesus and, and church and faith was heavy. That was the word you used. So was there someone who came into your life that modeled relationship with God? I mean, how did you come to a realization that, oh my gosh, I'm missing like the depth and beauty of what walking with God could look like? So it's come over years and years and years, and there's always the learning process, which I'm grateful for and also sometimes frustrates me. I wish it could just be like, and bing, I'm done. I'm totally Christ-like and I have everything I need. Um, but it is this long journey in the same direction as we grow as disciples. The moment that that switch flipped for me, that storyline changed, uh, I still remember it. I was sitting in our church service in the, the church where I grew up in, and the way that that church functioned was all of the youth. I was still in youth ministry. We would go to the main service, and then at some point we would break, then we would go to the youth classes. And so our pastor started out the sermon that Sunday with this introduction talking about how he was talking with God about the message. And at first I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like that's what you say when you understand something from the Bible. He means that like he had a, a revelation an insight, like something made sense. And so he got his outline. But as he continued through his intro, I started realizing, no, he actually means he was talking with God about this. And I got to the point of being really excited, but at first I got so mad because I was like, why am I working so hard? Why am I, why am I doing all of these things and trying to be this good person? And I was so I was so judgmental toward everyone, but I judged myself the hardest because I was like, I have to earn this. I have to make a way. And I don't have that. I'm working so hard at this thing, but I don't have a relationship with God like that. I don't have the ability to hear God's voice like that. But then I realized, well, if I'm working so hard already, I might as well work harder at a different thing. And so I started learning and started asking questions and finding resources to then learn, okay, well, what does that mean to actually hear God? And how can you begin hearing him that way? Because even up until that point, I'd started to learn about relationship with God, but I still put relationship in the same box. I was like, oh, well, my relationship with God is like a bus. Like I do things that he would want me to do. And I memorize scripture because he tells me to memorize scripture. And, and so it really changed that and it broke it out of that boxed in framework to, okay, well, it can actually be life-giving. Oh, I can actually have a back and forth conversation. Oh, I don't have to figure these things out on my own. I can be empowered by his spirit and that started me on the journey that that I'm still on. Like I love helping people talk with God. I love I love the Bible. Before I just I don't know tolerated the Bible, <laughs> and I'm still on this journey of getting to know God more through it. Yeah, it's cool. I remember when I first started walking with God, and even the idea for me of believing in I a supernatural being, the divine, a, a maker was a big jump and then to leap to sort of like fully surrendering to Jesus and following him and believing he's the savior and giving him my life and wanting to like let him guide it was huge. But then my very first Bible study I ever did was called Experiencing God. And I'm so grateful when I look back decades to this, that that was the first thing I learned about him was that he speaks. 
that he's everywhere. And it was such a fun way to live and is such a fun way to live because I experienced going from, I don't even believe there's meaning or purpose or a maker to like, what is God saying to me? And I started becoming like a psycho crazy lady, just looking for signs from God and a word from God. Now people are speaking like what God was saying through people and through circumstances and through his word and all these things. And it's such an exciting way to live. Uh, So I resonate with all of that. I think a lot of people feel like they they want to hear from God. They want to talk to God, but they kind of think it's for the professionals or the pastor people or the special people. What's your advice for them? So it's definitely not for the special people. It's for all of us. We're his kids. And just like you wouldn't like not ever want to talk to your kid who you love, your God wants to talk to you. You're his child. I think it's easy to um, to make it seem harder than it is. So as humans, we grow in relationship through healthy communication and shared experiences. And God made us this way. And so God knows that about us. And God also invites us to engage with him in the same way that we can have back and forth communication with him, that we can share experiences with him. And so I think sometimes it's just starting from that simple place of, okay, well, what's a shared experience I can have with God? Because I can also do religious things like we've talked about by myself. I can read my Bible and it's just me, maybe reading, maybe paying attention or even like diligently studying, but it's only in my own intellect. It's only with my own power. I'm not talking with God about it at all. Or I can sit down and open my Bible and ask God to speak to me through it. I can't, that can be a shared experience. Um, I also would want to encourage them, like if you've received salvation, God has already spoken to you because we don't come to that awareness of salvation on our own. My husband has somewhat of a similar testimony to yours. I think he came to Christ when he was either just before 21 or when he had just turned 21. And it's a phenomenal testimony, Uh, but I'll try and and condense it down. He found himself at a young adults retreat that he did not want to be on. And he he didn't want to engage in the devotions. He didn't want to do any of the things. He was like, I'm just here for the fun. Let's go on the lake. Let's have a good time. And they had a guest speaker the last night of the retreat. And so this whole time he describes it, I'm not outing him, but he describes it that he was kind of cantankerous and standoffish and kind of rude and hostile. So everyone was used to him having this demeanor. And the very last night of the retreat, the guest speaker is speaking out of Joel, where he talks about how the Lord can restore the years the locusts have eaten. And it wasn't even a salvation message, but that was the message that Jared needed to hear, that God could restore to him the years the locusts had eaten because he thought it was too far. He thought he was too far gone, that he could not be restored to God. And that broke him and that brought him back to Christ. But that passage in Joel is not a salvation message. And that message being preached by that preacher was not a salvation message. But God revealed to him the the invitation to receive salvation through that message. That was God speaking. And so for anyone who's like, I don't think I've ever heard God speak. I don't know. I don't know that I know what that sounds like. If you've received salvation, God revealed that to you. It tells us so in the word that we receive by believing in him. There's a passage in Ephesians. It talks about 
Uh, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So one, you've already heard from God. And then two, he invites you to continually hear from him more. This is a standing, present, constant invitation that you get to start practicing with him. Mm -hmm. I, I... Totally agree. I think it's it's so crazy because we live in a world where I was just talking to my son about this. He took a week off social media and he's 20. And so no YouTube, no TikTok, no any of the things. And it was crazy. I didn't know he was doing it actually, but he slept till 3 p.m. one day and I was like, why are you why are you sleeping so long? Like, are you going to bed on time? Like, what is going on that you would sleep so long? And he told me that he had he had done this and it, he had gone back on and it was so exhausting that it, it was like, it knocked him out. And I thought that's so fascinating because we got to talking about how there's so many voices coming at us all the time that it's, it's like we don't even realize how many people and and influences and voices are speaking into our life. It's so hard to actually hear from God. And it was so inspiring to hear my kid go, yeah, I, I basically wiped out all these voices and I started hearing from God and experiencing God. What a, what a crazy week I've had. This has been amazing, right? And so I, I'm i wondering what your advice is when we long to hear from God, but we're so busy listening to all these other voices. What's your, what's your advice or what do you personally do to make sure that you're leaving room for the most important voice to be the loudest voice and the biggest voice in your life? If you love this podcast and the work Collide is doing to impact lives, would you consider partnering with us? We rely entirely on the generous support of donors to fuel the life-changing work we do to create spaces for women to collide with Jesus in the midst of their brokenness. And you can be part of that work. Your generous donations help us send women to counseling who couldn't otherwise afford it, help us to create content to bring hope to the hurting, and to create spaces for women to connect in community. Will you join our efforts to bring hope and healing to hurting women by giving a financial gift? Simply text GIVE to 1-888-364-4483 for more information about giving. Thank you. I'm wondering what your advice is when we long to hear from God. But we're so busy listening to all these other voices. What's your what's your advice or what do you personally do to make sure that you're leaving room for the most important voice to be the loudest voice and the biggest voice in your life? Well, I love that question. And I do think it's so relatable. I think it's a good check that I like to practice uh, where I'm where I'm letting most of my influences come from. Because there is that draw to always be connected to be scrolling on social media and having fun there and the latest shows and and even in good ways, the latest teachers and preachers and Bible resources and all of those things. And they can be good things, but they can be obstacles if we let them replace God's voice in our lives. And so I practice regular checks of, okay, where am I going for this? Even when I'm going to friends for wisdom or for prayer, am I going to them for 
for wisdom first because, oh my gosh, she knows what she's doing and she's walked this before? Or am I going to God first? Like, where's my where's my truest source from? And am I replacing him in other places? Even in um, times in church where the pastor will encourage us, okay, well, as we end this message, like ask God what he would say to you, ask God how to apply it. Oftentimes I would just skip over that. I'm like, oh, well, pastor, you just told me how to apply this. Pastor, you just told me what this looks like. And I was replacing God's voice with my pastor's voice, even while he's telling me, go talk to God. And so it's, seizing those opportunities to talk with God. And even in times of reading the word, there are things that we probably do know are true to what God would say to us. But it's different to know that that's true than it is to actually hear God tell us again. And so I love to ask God to tell me again, the same way as I hope my husband doesn't just tell me that he loves me once a year and it's like, eh, you heard me say that before. Like we can go to God. (laughs) You know, you... You know, I told you that one time. Mm-hmm. We can go to God and be like, hey, Lord, you you said this in the word, but I'm having a hard time seeing that or believing that or feeling that right now. I believe this. Will you tell me again? Or when, when I'm asking him questions, I don't just want to run ahead and fill in the blank with what I think he's going to say. Even when I know, oh, scripture says this on this topic, or I'm guessing I have peace in this direction. He's probably going to say this. I, I have to intentionally slow myself down and wait for him to respond instead of just assuming that he's agreeing with what I think he's going to say. And it's it's so much more life-giving when he tells me. Mm-hmm. Bringing us back to relationship is what you just did there. I'm, I'm curious though, we talk a lot around here about colliding with Jesus. And when you collide with Jesus, you see him in the New Testament and you see how relational he is. You see him stop for the one. You see him listen. You see him ask questions. You see him pick up the child. There's so many vulnerable moments that people have where they invite Jesus into their mess and their pain. And I'm wondering how you moved from God is like a boss or this is a religion and I have to perform for God to like, what does it look like for you to invite God into your deep regret or your longing or your insecurities or your crying or your grief? What does that look like for you? So he is our greatest comforter. And one of the changes that happened for me and that that took practice over time was because I first approached him like a boss, I thought I needed to clean myself up and figure things out and come to him composed. And instead, he continually demonstrates for me. He doesn't just tell me, he shows me that he is my comforter and he welcomes my mess. And so there've been there's been so many seasons in my life where I've got to experience God as my comforter where I can come and seek him as my refuge, as my source of strength. Part of my life testimony, not my salvation testimony, but my life testimony includes uh, a couple years of infertility struggles. And so Jared and I have two boys that we're raising here on earth, but we also have two babies that are in heaven. And so wrestling through that desire to have a child when I had unexplained fertility problems and when we're grieving losses and 
Um, even earlier this year, my mom passed away from cancer and it was a, a pretty quick turnaround. She was diagnosed and a few months later passed away. And knowing by experience that God meets us in our grief, that we don't have to, um, that we don't have to pretend we don't have wrestling things or questions or doubts or heartaches, but that we can bring them to him and ask him to minister that, that he is near to the brokenhearted and he binds up our wounds. And I've, I've totally abandoned the need to get cleaned up before him. And it is so empowering to have God just meet you in the mess. And sometimes he's helping strengthen me and hold me up. And sometimes I'm collapsed in his arms and he's, he's just holding me there. Uh, but God welcomes us in every season, in every stage, in every joy and in every grief. Mm -hmm. I totally, I totally agree with everything you're saying about God. I, I lost my mom recently too. So I, I understand that pain and I'm sorry to hear that you've walked through that this last year, but it's very, um, it's comforting even to hear that you've experienced the comforter in the midst of that on a really like get down to the nuts and bolts, practical level of that. Like it's one thing to say God is a comforter, but when you're experiencing the loss of two children or the loss of your mom and you're aching. I'm just, I'm just thinking about listeners who are listening to this and it's like, well, that sounds great, but like, I don't even know how to go about inviting God into my mess. Like what, what would that look like practically for a woman to say, I'm a mess or I'm so disappointed or I'm so sad. What is it? What's your invitation to them on a practical level of how to do that? Yes. First off, well, I'm sorry for your loss as well. That's hard. Thanks. And yeah, to anyone who's who's in a process of grieving or going through significant loss, like I think it starts with allowing ourselves to feel the feelings. Um, I think some of the the practicalities of this vary depending on personalities because we all fall we're, we're all drawn to different bents or tendencies here. Um, my tendencies tend to be to suck it up, to get busy myself, to try and pretend that I'm okay, um, to put on that badge of like I have faith and I'm going to slap a a band aid of a Bible verse on a thing. And so instead, it's it's doing the opposite of allowing myself to slow down and to grieve, of telling God exactly how I'm feeling. And it doesn't matter if it sounds eloquent or harsh or like, it's just, this is where I am, mm -hmm. um, of, of communicating in prayer to God what I need, or even just asking him, God, I don't know what I need right now. Help me help me to figure out what I need. Help me to receive what I need from you. It's um, going to the word and looking for God on display. I love what you're about here at Collide because God's character is on display in scripture. And so asking him to show me, how are you this way? Asking him to show me how he grieves with those who grieves, who, who like when he goes and he is meeting with Lazarus's sisters and he weeps, even knowing that he is about to resurrect Lazarus, he weeps with them because they're weeping mm -hmm. and how he also weeps with you. Finding ways to, to be in community, 
because God does use Christian community to help fortify us, to be around us, to bring that comfort to us. Even in looking at the ways for each listener personally, where we feel like we might um, try and protect ourselves or shield ourselves away from God and asking him to help us see him differently because he is he is a safe place for us. And so when I've withheld myself from him, that's usually because I'm putting something on him that doesn't belong there. I'm applying a wound from another human. I'm applying something I misunderstood about who he is and his character. Um, and also being in, being intentional to look at ways that we might be, I call it God adjacent. Uh, so I have an example of this. After uh, we lost one of our pregnancies, um, we had Dylan at that point. So we had a loss. We had Dylan. We had a loss. We had Connor. And so I had a toddler to take care of. And this was a few days after our miscarriage. And I, the grief hit me so hard and I, I couldn't get out of bed. So I called Jared from, and he was already at work. And I said, Hey, I need you to come home and take care of Dylan. I, I just need a day to grieve. Mm-hmm. And I went to Pinterest and I started scrolling inspirational motivation, like loving phrases on Pinterest that were really beautiful, but that stirred up more grief in me because they were talking about like, Jesus, if um, I wish I could hold my baby, but please hold my baby for me because they're in heaven or God, I'm, I'm so sad. I can't see my baby's face, but I'm glad the first face they see is yours. And they were beautiful, well-meaning quotes that were not what I actually needed in that time. I was I was God adjacent and I was trying to to bring comfort to my grief with beautiful things that related to God instead of actually going to God. And thankfully he he showed me. I'm scrolling, I'm weeping, I'm like this isn't helping and he goes, "Yes, just come to me. You don't need to go kind of aligned to me. Come and be with me." And so I turned off my phone and I was able to just sit with him and cry and tell him that I, I'm glad my baby sees you, but I'm really sad about that right now. And my heart is broken about this thing. God, I need you to comfort me. And that it felt like I was going to him first, but what I was really doing was going to something about him instead of actually going to him and actually going to him was what I needed. Mm. That's such a good word and such a brave thing to share with us. I, I'm i just picturing you having this realization. And it kind of reminds me, for some reason, of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And and Jesus collides with her. He goes out of his way to meet her. You know the story. And um, they have this conversation. And he says, go get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. And I've been with one husband after another. And he goes, you're right. You've had five husbands. The man you're now with isn't your husband. And basically what he's doing, he's not shaming her. He, he's trying to help her see that she has a pattern in her life that's not working, that she has this deep thirst. And symbolically, here she is in a well. So then they get into this deeper conversation where he says, drink what I have to offer you and you'll no longer thirst. Well, Jesus isn't actually offering her anything that she can physically drink. He's not actually um, offering her something that sounds super practical. Here she is with the water jar, but he's offering himself. He's literally offering her himself. 
And I think what you're inviting us into, at least what I heard from myself is Jesus doesn't want you to just like read about him or remember he's around or that he's good, but he actually is offering himself to us and we can go and be with him. And I love the idea that you keep coming back around to about relationship because in any relationship, I've been married 25 years now. If I long to connect with my husband, I can't always wait for him to initiate with me. I also have to initiate with him. So I can go to him and say, I'd love to hang out. Can we get a date night? Or do you have time to go on a walk later today? And I think we can do that with God. I think we can come to God in those moments and just say, hey, God, like, I need to know you're with me. I need to sense your comfort. I long to know that you are good and that you have this circumstance in the palm of your hands. Like, I think we can get start to get bolder as women to really ask God to be with us. He already is, but I think sometimes we need to express that longing and that desire, you know, and he's standing there going, Hey, I've always been offering myself to you. I'm right here. I'm with you. I haven't gone anywhere. But sometimes, like you said, we get so busy kind of, um, seeking out everything but him. Yes. And, and that's so good because we are like when we initiate, God's been initiating already. Like there's this open invitation. There's a constant pursuit. And so my initiation is only a response to him. And he's like, yes, we can do that. Yes. Come talk to me. And even there are things I wrote about this in uh, a wife's secret to happiness. Uh, There was a time I thought I was praying, but I was really just like complaining to myself about my husband. And I'm just sitting in a room and I'm just like rambling, rambling. And God gets sarcastic with me sometimes because that's how I communicate. We have that relationship. Mm-hmm. And he, I felt him say in my spirit, um, excuse me, you've put me in the hallway. Are you going to invite me in so we can talk about it? And I think sometimes <laughs> we just assume that because I'm a Christian, that God's just here. Like I'm just talking and he's like, no, engage with me. The same as like you're talking about with our relationships. If I'm just in a kitchen and I just start talking, my kids or my husband don't know automatically that I'm talking to them. And sometimes they'll be like, hey, are you talking to me? So like we can invite God into a circumstance. I invite God into my marriage. Jared and I, if we're having a disagreement, invite God into the conversation. God, we need your guidance here. We're butting heads. God, I'm I am doing shopping right now. Will you come shopping with me? Can this be a shared experience I have with you? God, I'm having this hard thing. God, I'm having fun. I want to laugh with you. Can I enjoy this moment with you, God? And literally every moment can become the shared experience. It doesn't have to be like massively profound on a human scale to be supernatural because we're we're engaging with God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm just curious and and wanting to talk about seasons that get super busy because I know you run a crazy busy life. I run one, people listening do. And sometimes, at least for me, when seasons get crazy, it's like, oh, sort of like workouts fall by the wayside, self-care, fun, date nights, all the things, and also talking to God. And so what's your best advice for us to not see sort of 
recognizing that, turning around and talking to God as sort of this guilt obligation thing, but in like like you would feel about a treadmill, but more as a, as a privilege. What's the invitation for us in that should make us want to do it? Not because we have to, but because we get to. Yeah. So I think the treadmill thing, which I can relate to, I'm like, oh yeah, I keep telling myself someday I'll start exercising again. <laughs> I think that motivator comes from a a thing I feel I should do. I should do this. I should make space for this. And I'm going to try and enunciate really clearly here because God does not should on us. Don't should on yourself when it comes to the connection that we can have with God. And so sometimes retraining that perspective is simply finding a more life-giving way to engage with God. If you're a journaler, pray in your journal. If you like to go on walks or you like to go on drives, talk with God while you're doing those things. I love to talk with God in the shower. Um, Good God Talks is all about these seizing these quick moments to have a conversation with God and engaging by asking him a question. So sometimes it can even be as simple as you heard the next episode of Collide and you are inspired by something. And so you're going to ask God to talk with you more about that thing. Maybe you don't have time to sit down and read a whole chapter of the Bible. Can you read it a verse or two at a time? and ask God to speak to you through it. Or maybe it's just going back over the notes from the message you heard this weekend, like seizing those opportunities, putting on a worship song and uh, intentionally focusing on God. Like I can put on worship music and it's just awesome music. Or I can put on worship music and say, God, I, I want to give my attention to you. I'm coming into this moment right here and and I love you and I praise you and I thank you. And I'm singing this song to you. And my heart posture is different because my intentionality is different, even in the same two minutes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Jen, I love talking to you about this topic. I think it's so good for all of us to keep coming back to the idea that God wants relationship with us. He doesn't want us to just sort of mentally take note about him to to know about him but to actually know him to be in connection with him and what a privilege that is and and our relationship with god blesses our lives so much and so this this conversation you're having on your podcast is so great i love that you came on today and had it with us Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours because it is, it's so incredible, the life we're invited into with God. So true. Jen, how can people find out about your podcast and your book and all the things you have going? Yes, I'd love to connect. Um, my website is thejenweaver.com and I'm thejenweaver on social media. I'm most active on Instagram. And the podcast is Good God Talks, and that's on all available podcast platforms and YouTube. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Jen. Thanks. It's been a blast. Hey, friend, I hope that that interview with Jen gave you some things to chew on. And I hope most of all that you know that you have a God who loves you and just wants relationship with you. And sometimes relationship looks like pursuing and initiating. 
Sometimes it looks like hanging or being. Sometimes it looks like talking and sometimes it looks like listening. God wants to do it all with you. If you're feeling like you need encouragement in your walk with God, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast that will encourage you every single week. Also check out our book that we just got printed this last year called Six Places to Go Looking for God if you're needing some just encouragement in this direction. We have a ton of Bible study books outside of that that you can check out that might be just an added extra uh, challenge for you, space for you to collide with Jesus and spend time with him. And we also have a freebie on our website. You can check it out. It's called Mom Devos. If you're a mom who's driving to and fro, carpooling and busy, and you want to connect with God, but you need little bite-sized pieces uh, to do it. Check that out. We have that for you on our website as a free gift. In the meantime, friend, I hope that you keep colliding, that you experience this relational Jesus who stops for you, who enters your pain, enters your mess, your grief, your celebration, your dreams, and he stands present with you and wants to be with you in it all. Keep gliding and we'll catch you next week.